What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly. And uh, whilst we are taking a bit of a hiatus, I thought I'd throw some other stuff out there. Uh, not too long ago, my brother from another mother and myself, Julian Darius, did a short series of uh, videos called we call 20th Century Geek Bite Size. And so I've clumped them together and they're going to be released uh, across this uh, week. I'm going to put them out there. Just a bit of a taster. They're quite short and they're quite wonderful. Uh, each one's a different idea. So... Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy some bite size. Welcome to the 20th Century Geek channel. This is our new show that we're doing. Not entirely sure what we're going to call it just yet. We're going to be calling it something like, I don't know, mini bites or something like that. It's probably not that mini. It's just the fact that when Julian and I start talking, it usually goes on for a couple of hours. <laughs> so we are going to limit ourselves to 30 minutes to talk about uh, specific things, a topic, a specific topic, so we can try and get... Um, try and get to a decision, I suppose, is really the best way to put it. Um, so the first show I should, uh, we're going to be talking about is Marvel versus DC. Uh, but Julian, first, before we kick off, how are you doing? Are you okay? I am doing fine. I'm COVID free and uh, glad it is going to be 2021 soon. How about you? Yeah, same here. Tested and COVID-free. I think that should just become a welcoming now. Instead of hello, everyone just welcomes it. COVID-free. Ah, COVID-free. Um, I'm just scared I'm in 30 minutes will we get past the, the greeting, you know. You I know, don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll just start uh, outlining ideas. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I'm going to say before we do start is about that. Yes, we all want it to get to 2021. Um, but let's not forget... Mad Max 1 is also set in 2021, so, you know, could that be prophetic? I've got my uh, leather biker gear and uh, sawn-off shotgun waiting in the in the wings, just in case. Um, but yes, off topic... I'm actually wearing leather, leather pants <laughs> yeah. with a shotgun, you just can't see it in the video. That's it, yeah. Well, that's probably... No more, look, I'll aim for Mad Max, but I'll end up being like one of the guys sort of strapped to at the front of a beach buggy or something as they drive through the <laughs> British countryside. Um, so, no, Marvel versus DC. Now, this is really sort of an open question. It's sort of like, you know, which universe is better or which um, which publishing house is better? How do you want mm -hmm. to take it? Um, I think either. I mean, I think that they sort of overlap. Um, there's not a lot that either company has done outside of some of the Vertigo stuff that's sort of in its own universe. And mm -hmm. I got to say, for me, this is a very easy call. Uh, is it an easy call for you? It, no. <laughs> I thought it was, and then it sort of, I started to put points together. And I was a bit like, okay, this could be a bit more difficult. Okay, let's start with you then. What's your easy call? How do you call this? Uh, for me, it's DC. It's DC all the way. Um, and I was thinking about this, and I thought there's really only two periods in history in which I would prefer Marvel. So, you know, let me start with those caveats. One is maybe early, early 90s when you've got, like, Claremont on X-Men, um, 
you know, which I don't think reads well now, but it had a lot of energy. And you've got Miller on Daredevil. And, you know, there was not a whole awful lot going on at DC. I mean, I like that stuff, but um, that period Marvel probably beats. And the other is the golden age of Marvel Comics, indisputably, which was uh, right around 2000 with Joe Quesada. Um, you know, where it was just like Grant Morrison is on New X-Men, you've got, you know, Ecstatics, you've got, you know, uh, Tangled Web of, you know, Spider-Man. I mean, everything. You've got, Pun you know, Garth Ennis Punisher. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've got um, Bendis and Malieve on Daredevil. I mean, all the second, you know, I mean, Captain America was good, for God's sake. Um, you know, it was a very experimental era, and I think that era is just the golden age of Marvel. Outside of that, DC wins every time. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> DC is smart. Mm. Two th the number one thing is DC is smart. Okay, Even in the old Marvel comics, right, of the 60s that everybody loves, right? I mean, if you think, you know, you think X-Men is unreadable today, those 60s comics are unreadable today. They are so dumb. And I know mm. that it's like, oh, the pop art era. But meanwhile, it's like you got, you got uh, at that same period, You've got those, you know, crazy Julia Schwartz covers. You know, you've got, like, Flash doing Flash facts. All of, you know, people kind of hated that the DC characters were, um, you know, a little more kind of like uh, suit-wearing guys, you know? Mm. They were a little more prim and proper. Uh, and they were scientists. That's what I like. You know, the Marvel characters were dumb. Uh, <laughs> you know, and every time they meet, they, they're just like, oh, why are you here? Let's fight. I mean, it was the epitome of stupid. And, you know, the DC characters, there was a lot of dumb plots. But, I mean, they're scientists. You've got, like, flashbacks in the back. That's how I learned about tachyons, you know? <laughs> I mean, how cool is it that I'm learning about tachyons in a fantasy comic from the 60s? That's awesome. So, what about you? <laughs> no, no I, see what you, I see what you mean. And I, I, this was the, this was the, the struggle I had. Because I, I, I do agree with everything you're saying. And I... I <clears throat> the thing that kept coming up to me was, which books do I go back to? A bit like what you're saying there with the Flash and and you know and sort of other things. And you say about that golden age of Marvel, that sort of the early two thousands. Like I sort of not fell off, but I you know the, the I was in a low ebb with comics sort of in the two thousands. And it, it was that early two thousands, two thousand four, two thousand five ish. I really got back into it, and it was Marvel that brought me back in. You know, things like Civil War, um, Brew Baker's Captain America run, um, then going into sort of like um, Garth Ennis's Punisher Max. You know, those sorts of the books, and then like you say, expanding to find like Bendis and Malieve doing uh, uh, Daredevil, all the ones you mentioned, and you're like, oh man, and then came like uh, Ultimate Universe. Now, a lot of the Ultimate Universe is garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it really is. But then you get like Bendis doing that that re reboot of Spider Man in in that, and obviously you get Miles Morales from that. But even before that, that first sixty issues um, of Bendis doing Spider Man and like literally going, well, this is what he was in the sixties, and this is what he is now, uh, and doing it well. I mean, I'm not a Bendis fan. I'll admit, like I think Brian Michael Bendis is very hit and miss. But that's one of the only times they've gone. This is a reboot of a character. And you've, they've really put, like, passion and stuff into it and really sort of thought it out. So to me, if, if you were asking me this question, say, like you say, 10 years ago, 
the question would be without a doubt marvel because i'm like yeah they're onto a winner they've got all this stuff coming up they're really you know they're trying to do all this stuff i can you know uh, i can see where they're going to try and go and now they've got the mcu blah blah and then something seems to have happened <laughs> with marvel mm-hmm. where and this would be controversial i suppose it's controversial but like i just don't read marvel anymore like there's nothing in marvel that, that interests me anymore um and so like, every now and then, the only thing I ever go back for is there'll be something like Moon Knight might have a run. Uh, and recently, um, uh, Jason Aaron did a Moon Knight-centric Avengers arc, which was dreadful, mm-hmm. but I still read it all. And, <laughs> and, you know, and then all of a sudden, they'll throw out a title and you go, this is really good. So the one I'm sort of following through trade at the moment is Immortal Hulk. And they go... But if they're doing this, and you said about those that, that golden era, if they're doing this run, maybe other stuff's good. So I'll dip mm-hmm. into it. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And like you say, there just it doesn't seem to be a consistency across Marvel. And so then I thought, okay, well, then maybe DC is winning in that way. Well, not again. Like, DC is very hit and miss. You know, they'll have the odd sort of character that's having a really good solid run. But again, I'm not reading a whole heap of DC stuff at the moment. Like, you know... Um, the way they've treated Batman and just and repetitive city destroying events where I'm just like, oh, God, I can't be doing with this anymore. Or another crisis level event to do with, you know, metal is just, mm. you know, it's, it's but I think is that just the way that the industry's gone? And so I thought, OK, well, maybe let's let them off that. If I to look back at like the the. The milestone books. If I look back and go, if I'm going to introduce you to comics, here's what you've got to read. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I was thinking, Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. um, Watchmen, mm-hmm. and and then I was thinking, well, actually, even like Infinite uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. I, I I was just naming DC books. And I was like, okay, well, what? maybe Civil War because. Like you said, maybe sort of uh, born again for Daredevil, but that's mm-hmm. that's it. Well, I'll do you one better. You know, uh, Sandman. Yeah. Sandman, for God's sake. Okay. Mm. Hellblazer. You know, yeah, I know they're Vertigo, but they're in the DC universe. Alan they Moore might Swamp not. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Swamp, Alan Moore Swamp Thing, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are seminal runs. If, if you just want to talk about the highs, that have changed comics and and are mandatory reading for anyone who's into comics. I mean, yeah, you know, if I had to choose between Civil War and Crisis on Infinite Earth, Civil War is the better story. Mm. But that's be- but it was produced, you know, thirty years later. Mm. Um, you know, twenty years later. But you know, looking at work for work. Yeah, okay, so you lose the Daredevil stuff, but you pick up Alan Moore Swamp Thing for God's sake. Yeah. I don't think there's I don't think there's any competition between those two sets of like great works. Well, this is the thing as well, because the more I thought about it, the more I say, and I was looking at my collection, I was thinking like, so what have I got that stands out as I'd say experimental or even industry or genre defining? And I look back and I was like, okay, for me, um Howard the Duck. From the 70s like that's mm-hmm. that stands out to me and that's marvel and that's like you know really sort of creator driven it had issues that were just all pros you know mm-hmm. he ran for president it was all kinds of weird things like he interacted with his creator at one point you go okay well, that's something in 
Captain Britain, Alan Moore's Captain Britain, and when he obviously moved to Alan Davis, I, I really love that stuff. It's weird, it's experimental, it's, it's reality twisting. But again, mm. that's early 80s. So 70s and 80s, Marvel is really strong. And I think, you know, yeah, they did the horror stuff. You have like Tomb of Dracula, which I do surprisingly like. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, but again, like none of it, would I say, would stand up to what I would say are sort of like milestone comics. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like, like you said, you go, yeah, I really like that. And I really like the Marvel stuff. But then you go, yeah, but DC let Grant Morrison do his run on Doom Patrol. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> yeah. It's not just Doom Patrol. Okay. I mean, it's Doom Patrol. It's Grant Morrison's animal, man. It's yeah. Grant Morrison's JLA, which is great. Uh, you know, so so, and I would say about that, like golden age of Quesada that I that I praised, and I love, you know, look, the Ultimates was fantastic. I mean, Mark mm. Miller came out of that, you know, and uh, the Authority. But I mean, look, the Authority. Are we counting Wildstorm? I mean, the Authority. You know, Wildstorm is, you know, was a powerhouse uh, in in much the same period, um, and I think that I mean. You know, let's let's not even go into like Transmet and you know all that stuff, which is DC but not DC Universe. Um, mm. The thing about all that those Quesada books is that was a period in which I would say like the the average for Marvel was pulled up to like a B, where you know you could just pick up a random book and it was a solid above average read and it was doing mm. something different. But none of those stories really hit. A, A plus kind of levels. Um, you know, those were, a few did, a few we could argue, but, you know, that was a period in which the bar was just raised across the entire line. But it seemed to me that they weren't aiming for, like, those milestone stories. And no. I don't know, I mean, look, I'll go back and I'll read, you know, Punisher Max. But if I have to choose between Punisher Max and Hellblazer, I know which one I'm going to choose. Um, you know, again, like I love Marvel Boy by Grant Morrison. I love New X-Men by Grant Morrison. But I, mm. but between those and Doom Patrol, Animal Man, JLA, I mean, JLA changed the industry. Now, I mean, Marvel's is probably a milestone book. I mean, yes. Marvel's cannot be, you know, diminished in any way, shape, or form. But JLA took that reconstructionist approach and made it, um, you know, the dominant superhero mode. Um, and, you know, I don't know. But, the, yeah, but then, like, you're right, because, again, like, you know, there's been some, and I think about standout Marvel books, and I think of, like, uh, you say in the Mar you know, Marvels, which I do love, and I think it's great. Mm -hmm. um, and then things, I'm trying to think of, like, um, some of those that are also, I would say, defining are sort of like Iron Man Extremis, uh, Warren Ellis, you know, that sort of like l the design and that book literally birthed the MCU, you know, uh, using Adi Granov's art. You're citing that as a positive, right? Yes, I, I am. <laughs> I am, because I like the MCU. But also, as a book as a milestone, as, as having an influence, I think it's, a, and it's actually not, a, it's actually still a good book. It sort of introduced a different era. And the same with, with like Civil War. Like, Civil War wasn't just a, an event like civil war yeah yeah i wouldn't say it's still having an impact now but it had an impact for years to come like it impacted every character and uh, and altered the way some characters trajectories like went um 
you know, and you got some really good issues out of that. Um, you know, I'd say that you get books like um, uh, Old, Old Man Logan. You know, yeah. I really enjoy I Old like, Man I Logan. But yeah. then, you know, it's a great book. But how much of that is actually just a almost like a redo, basically, of The Dark Knight yeah. Returns? Yeah, and then and then you get into the question of, like, how much do you give credit for going first, right? This kind of mm -hmm. cult of originality that we have in the West. And, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not um, unsympathetic to the argument that if I had to give a new comics reader something, I might go for Old Man Logan over Dark Knight. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but... I, but again, there's other stuff that I would put above Old Man Logan. Um, you know, so here's another thing, all right? Um, if I I have read basically every issue of The Flash and Green Lantern ever published, um, they stand up pretty well. Mm -hmm. There's bullshit along the way, but hmm. I mean, you know, the, the Barry Allen stuff is the Flash facts and it's weird stuff. I mean, they're doing like a, a giant storyline of... Uh, you know, uh, flash, the trial of the Flash before Crisis. He dies in Crisis. Wally West, you have this generational story of Wally West coming in and he doesn't feel like he's worthy enough. Um, you know, and then he grows up and, of course, they reboot it and that's kind of horrible. But um, but those are all, I mean, you're talking about like runs of like 250 issues or mm. 500 issues that are readable. Mm. Green Lantern, same thing. You know, I mean, there's weird stuff along the way, but I mean, it's fascinatingly weird. It's not, I don't think anyone would put those, these 500 stretches up against like Hellblazer or Sandman or something, but they are readable, longevity, uh, long cuts of a character that stand up as solid work. Nobody can do that for a Marvel character. There's no, no Marvel character you can do that with. Daredevil's probably the closest. Most Captain America stuff is horrible. Mm -hmm. Most Thor stuff is horrible. And so here, here's, a, here's a problem that I would say is I can think of, I mean, so we're talking about like great works. Here's another metric the, about just the characters and um, whether there is a sort of longevity, whether there is a set of solid stories behind them. We now live in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? I mean, that's changed everything. And you mentioned Extremis. Okay. Mm. I mean, Armor Wars, you know, I mean, I grew up the Demon in a Bottle. You know, I grew up on that stuff. Yeah, that's about it. You know? Yeah. This, this is and that's, and that's better than, what are the classic Thor stories? The Beta Ray, Ray Bill stuff, which is beautiful to look at. But, you know, I mean, is that... What are the classic Captain America stories? Well, this, yeah. is, this is it. I think that one of the weird things with, with Marvel is that characters become niche. You know, I don't know. I don't know many people that would class themselves as a Marvel fan. Right. Hmm. OK. And if they do, you go, OK, well, if you're a Marvel fan, does that mean you, you love everything? I'm not saying you have to. No, no, no. But I really like Boom. I really like Moon Knight does Moon Knight have classic stories in his, in his backlog does he have a bunch of stories I'm going to hold up as go these are industry defining no not not by any shot now there are stories in that that I love you mm -hmm. know 
that have that have been interested and, and you know within that sphere of Marvel and stuff have, have been important. But yeah, they're not going to go up against some of the stuff that's gone up in in Marvel and in, in DC. But then you get some people that go, oh, I'm a real big Captain Marvel is in Carol Danvers fan. Like, you know, they get the, she's got the Carol core. Like there are dedicated people mm-hmm. to that character. That's ace that people I are love that that dedicated. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And the same for Miss um, Marvel or, or mm-hmm. Iron Man, or there are people that are dedicated to the characters, but they're dedicated to the characters rather than the wider universe. And you say about Captain America, like I'd love um chris evans's version of, of captain america like i think he did a very good job of making him a, a interesting and and you know um watchable character in the mcu my introduction to captain america unfortunately was ed brubaker's run now i say mm-hmm. unfortunately because it's probably the best captain america that there's ever been i agree so then I went to seek out other stuff and either side <laughs> either side of it, there's some other good there's some uh, uh, what's it, Mark Wade did some bits that are all oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. with with uh, what's it Cassidy. And then um you go back for there's like Dan Jurgen stuff, which is really it's it's fun, but not gonna be uh, you know, it's not worth reading a great deal of. And like you say, none of it stands out like as like that, you know. And again, that's a character where you go, all right, well, I'm not a Captain America fan, but I love the Ed Brubaker run because mm-hmm. it introduced me to the Winter Soldier. And it comes to this thing of like flexibility of characters in Marvel that there are very few characters that have maintained, they don't, make an, they don't reach an iconic status because they're too, they're too flexible and too changeable. So like, you know, if you really want to, you could, you know, for example, let's use Doctor Strange as an example, you know, as a fantasy and magician character, like he's the Sorcerer Supreme, like you could make him iconic. He's got an iconic look. Yeah, he can mm-hmm. have a silhouette that's identifiable. He, you know, he has the potential to have stories that are street level through to cosmic. Mm-hmm. Why is he not massive? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and again, like what, look, I love the JMS Spider-Man, you know, for all of its faults. I mean, my version of the older Spider-Man is a guy who's a high school teacher. I mean, I thought that was brilliant. Um, You know, I like the JMS uh, uh, Doctor Strange series. But what are the classic Doctor Strange stories? What, you know, um, and you said this thing about uh, the characters being iconic, not being as iconic at Marvel. And I thought I was going to get in trouble because I was going to say exactly that. I was going to say, like, look, I know they're successful in cinema. I'm sorry. Iron Man is not iconic. He's a guy in a suit. Okay, there's lots of guys in a suit. We've been watching that for years. Uh, You know, you know what's iconic? Superman's iconic. Mm -hmm. Batman's iconic. You can see that silhouette and you know who that is. And he's been a cultural touchstone for since before we were born, since Mm -hmm. decades before we were born. Um, I have this other theory about Marvel characters um, is that really Marvel characters are grounded in a historical period. Mm -hmm. So you look at like Superman and obviously like the Superman of like the that was created by, you know, Jewish kids in the late 30s is an awesome Superman, right? He's fighting against, uh, you know, wife beaters and corporate elites, right? Uh, That's awesome. 
But Superman has like the 50s Superman, the 60s Superman that's just like trippy and crazy. That's mm -hmm. also just iconic. He has evolved and, you know, he is flexible. Um, but, you know, Superman is does not feel as if he's stuck in the 30s. Batman comes out of that pulp tradition. You obviously understand those origins, but you can transplant him into present-day Gotham. Mm -hmm. Nothing about Chris Nolan feels like you're forcing a 30 mm -hmm. the shadow into Gotham, right? The Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. Part of the space race against the Russians. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, cosmic rays. You know, it, you know, I mean, the Fantastic Four are so grounded in that Cold War thing. And you can take them out of it and just say it's an experimental group, and it kind of works. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think all of those characters feel very grounded in the 60s to me, uh, with the exception of Captain America, who goes back further. Um, I mean, the Hulk, it's the Gamma Rays, you know, uh, Iron Man. My version of Iron Man is Iron Man in Vietnam. Mm. You read the original Iron Man and he's in Vietnam and it's like, yeah, he's going to fight some Viet Minh, you know, in that's Iron Man suit, which is what they should have done. And yeah. you know, about, like the authority back then, that's the Iron Man that I want. Same thing Punisher. Like you got to keep updating Punisher because he was so grounded in Vietnam. It does not work if he's like, I mean, I hate to say it, but it doesn't really work if he's like, yeah, I was in Iraq. I was in Afghanistan. I saw some messed up stuff. Yeah, that's not as universal a, a meaning of American culture as Vietnam was. And this is the thing, isn't it? I say, and this is one of the problems. And this, but I think this thing, this comes to the thing of continuity, which I have a problem with. Like, uh, and I have a problem with it in DC because of the reboots. And we were sort of mm -hmm. talking about this a little bit off air before we started. Is Batman's got how many sidekicks? He's supposed to be this lone vigilante that's now got, like, you know, basically a small factory of sidekicks being produced <laughs> behind him. Yeah. With all sort of like you know, random sort of like bird-related bloody names, <laughs> and at some point you go, the timeline on this doesn't work because basically in a six-month period he became a vigilante and then basically started collecting kids, and it becomes to get a little bit creepy, and so there are problems with that, but but then again the problem with um, Marvel, Marvel doesn't have these legacy characters, but when they do, they do treat them better. I think they treat mm. legacy characters better in Marvel than they do in DC. I don't have an attachment to those legacy characters because I'm not of that generation, but mm -hmm. I do think the legacy characters in Marvel are treated better. I think of like Miss Marvel, I think of Miles Morales, I think they've gone for diversity, mm. I think they've gone for to stretch the things and make them more appealing. And so I think they've been braver in that way, and I'm hoping that that will lead to another golden age in marvel you know there'll be an upswing and everything will be great but the problem i, I also the, 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 sorry the, the bones i think that dc has that marvel doesn't seem to have the guts to do is dc is looking willing to look backwards and forwards or forwards and backwards whichever you want so for example you have stories like kingdom come way back when of going this is the future it's a mess but here's how it happened and here's all the bits and pieces you know all the dark knight returns and they have this opportunity to, to do this story. Like they created Batman Beyond as a as a, uh, a legacy character in cartoon, and then introduced him and went, "Yeah, here you go. You, you can have this." And he's going to mm -hmm. have it a place in this universe. Like they've got the Legion of Superheroes in the th year the th year three thousand, and then they've got Jonah Hex kicking around in the, <laughs> the old west. Mm -hmm. And you know, you've got this this. It's not just the now, which is what I think Marvel exists in. Marvel exists mm -hmm. in the now. But DC exists in a, a wider universe 
you know, across time and space. And I find that a lot more interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I mean, I will say, I think that, you know, like the stuff leading up to Flashpoint and everything post Flashpoint, there's very little that's good at DC. Um, you know, you have to really strain. I mean, I know you're you're a huge Snyder Batman fan. Mm. I liked, you know, like Grant's action comics. Grant's doing, you know, Green Lantern. Anything Grant touches is at least interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think both companies, I go through the solicitations now, and I just think, who is interested in this stuff? So I've aged out of it. Yes. Um, you know, that's just reality. And I'm not interested in Wonder Woman's got a chainsaw or, you know, uh, Wolverine now has laser beam eyes. You know, <laughs> uh, this stuff doesn't interest me. But, you know, it interests some people. And I will say that I, I will give credit for, you know, uh, Mrs. Marvel, Ms. Marvel and uh, Miles Morales. I mean, I'm a huge mm. Miles Morales fan. And I think that Marvel has done a better job of not necessarily creating these legacy characters, but adapting, but making these have a strong presence. Miles Morales has his own video game that is like the top number two video game or something right now. Yeah. That's amazing. People want to buy a PS5 just to play a Spider-Man game, and it stars Miles Morales. God bless him. Um, but I will say one, one final thought is that DC... There, DC is a more liberal company. Mm. Mar, you know, there are stories behind the scenes of the conservative, uh, you know, sort of like Trumpist stuff going on at Marvel and the, you know, DC liberalism that I think it's not a surprise comes out with something like Vertigo. And for all yeah. of DC's mismanagement and shutting Vertigo down, and there's a lot that I don't like that's gone on at DC over the years. Um, I do think you see, you see that liberal concern. You see, you know, there there are those quiet stories where, like, Superman here's a wife beater next door. One of my favorite mm -hmm. Superman stories, and it's just like, what do I do about this? I can fight Darkseid, but how do I address this? Um, DC always has a little bit of a kind of like social conscience to it, in a way. Going back to Green Lantern, Green Arrow, that that Marvel I think strains to do, despite like the Spider-Man drug story and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I okay. agree with that. No, no, I agree <laughs> that. we've got we've got a minute left as well, so I, I agree with that though. I think both of us has, has really talked uh, talked ourselves into siding with DC. Mm. Um, so uh, I think what we'll do is um, we can I think we'll wrap up there. We've yeah. both gone for DC. <laughs> I don't think I'm, I mean, this is, I'm going to say, I'm not dumping on Marvel. I think Marvel have done some great stuff. My favorite character is a Marvel character. Um, there have some great runs, but I think overall, I think DC, you know, with the sidelines of Vertigo, even recently, Young Animal, they did some recently, you know, they've done some interesting stuff. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you disagree with us or if you agree with us, let us know. Put your thoughts in the comments. And, uh, you know, what do you think? What's your favourite Marvel run? What's your favourite DC run? Which one do you think's best and why? Let us know and uh, we will come back to you with some uh, comments ourselves. Tell us why Valiant should have won. Yes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you think that. Maybe you think Valiant or IDW or one of these others is, is way, way better. Uh, we'll happily hear that. Anyway, 
ladies and gentlemen, this is the first of our bite size. We're going to try and stick to the 30 minutes. So thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you again soon.